welcome to The Story Forest, an original story podcast for curious and adventurous children. In this episode, Theo has started the summer holidays and is enjoying having fun with the monsters when lots of people descend on the forest to make a map. Theo must save all the monsters from being seen, and fast. Written by Anna Roberts and read by her favourite storyteller in the world, her mother, Pam McNaughton. Story music by Splashpoint Jazz. Theo and the Mystery Map Theo sat happily against the tree, laughing and laughing, sipping a cup of rose petal tea and watching the sun dapple through the trees onto the floor. It was the first day of the summer holidays and everything felt wonderful. Matilda was, for once, actually sitting down. Molly was munching an apple, and all around the monsters ate and relaxed and chatted. It was a hot, hot day, and they were all having a picnic breakfast. Theo helped himself to some pancakes and spread them with chocolate. Molly passed him some crushed mixed nuts with a smile. Try them, you'll like it. Theo did so, and when he tried the pancake, the texture was brilliant. He put it down, then snatched his plate up again as the baby Gurkhas tried to grab it. Oi, he said, and the Gurkhas laughed. Theo grinned, tore a bit of his pancake and handed it over. The Gurkhas wasn't now eating quite as much as when he had first hatched, when he had tried large portions of food from every monster in the forest, but he still ate an awful lot. The wobbly honlobers were sipping honey, seriously, and talking about it as adults might talk about wine. The silver young tylos were chasing grasshoppers and then tossing them through the air for each other to catch and eat. The spined brindle boars had finished eating and were having competitions to see who could roll the furthest up a tree. And Hugo, well, Hugo was bouncing around everywhere, trying everything and annoying almost everybody. This really is amazing, Molly said quietly to Theo. I'm so glad I saw you and the monsters at the Thunder Fair. I know you'd never have told me otherwise. I did want to, Theo grinned at his friend. I'm so glad you found out too. They're pretty amazing, aren't they? He looked over to where a Flurris family were wrapping each other in cobwebs and laughing. I could stay here all day, he said meaning it. Me too. Molly lay back on her picnic blanket and looked up to the trees. It was still morning, but the sun was already very, very hot. Theo thought idly of Tricklemore. He would have to check on the monster later to see if his bath had dried up and if he had too. Just then, a honloper dropped to the ground, spreading his jelly-like body across the floor. The others did too, and Theo watched them, wondering what was going on. Eventually, one of them drew himself up and looked at Theo. Monster hunter, there are strange sounds in the wood, scratchings and scrapings, footsteps, not the usual walkers. Theo found he was standing in a moment. He had got used to being suddenly responsible for protecting the monsters from humans. He looked to his side and Molly had stood up too. He grinned at her. Let's go. 
Mr Honlover said that the noises were coming from multiple points in the forest, but pointed them in the direction of the nearest ones. Matilda went with them, a flash of purple swooping through the trees. Soon they heard some noises themselves and saw people through the trees. There were several people with bright yellow building jackets on and yellow hats. And then there was Mr Clamworth and Mrs Heston. The men in their gear were looking very carefully at the ground, the trees and everything. Don't miss a thing, Mrs Heston said. These woods are full of secrets. Our new map will help us to show them to the world. Theo's heart beat faster. That was exactly what he didn't want to happen. No one knew that the wood was full of secrets better than him, though he had long had a suspicion that Mrs Heston could see the monsters too. Why did she want to show them to people? He shook his head to clear it. That was very important to think about at some point, but right now there were people in the woods inspecting every area. They needed to hide the monsters, and fast. The other crews are doing well. One of the men had just finished a phone call, and he was reporting back to Mr Clamworth. I think we'll have it mapped in a day. Theo's heart sank. There must be so many teams in the forest, so many people who could at any moment bump into a monster. Normally, people couldn't see the monsters, but if they became glaringly obvious, like when Molly followed him into a clearing where he was making a speech to dancing, shouting monsters, they could. He could just imagine someone falling into a monster nest or bumping into one of the larger monsters. They had to move and fast. He looked to Molly and Matilda and saw that they were having the same thoughts. He motioned and they moved further away so they could talk. This is an emergency, Theo spoke very seriously. Matilda, I want you to tell the florist to go to every monster in the woods and tell them to hide. Up in the trees should be safe, underground, even out of the woods if they can. Then we need to think of and disguise all the places that are really obviously monstery. We'll need help, Matilda. Ask anyone useful to get on it. This is crazy, Molly said, watching Matilda fly off to get help. Come on, Theo said, starting into the forest. We're near the Honloba Library, and it's going to be pretty obvious to people that there's something going on when they find that. They got there and found a couple of Honlobas. They were scared, but started to pull the books they had collected from people walking in the forest over the years into holes in the ground, and then pull branches over their home. They had just squashed into holes themselves when Theo heard the people mapping the woods arrive. Theo! Molly! It was Mr Clamworth. Theo really wished they hadn't been spotted. Mr Clamworth sounded politely pleased but confused. There was nothing for it. Theo and Molly stepped out. Theo tried to smile in a friendly way. Hello, Molly spoke. We're just playing. What are you doing? Mr Clamworth gave them a strange look. We're mapping the woods. Stay out of the way. There are lots of people about. OK, Mr Clamworth. Molly gave a big grin, then grabbed Theo's arm and dragged him back among the trees. Well done, Theo said, thinking hard. I think we'd better go and see the Crandudes next. They're very slow and we'll definitely need to hide their nest. 
As they moved through the woodland, Hugo bounced up to them. Everyone's hiding, he said. It's like a game. I love it. Why aren't you hiding then, Hugo? Theo said with a smile. Oh, I've got to keep an eye on everyone, haven't I? Theo and Molly laughed. Soon all three of them arrived at the Crandude nest. The three baby Crandudes were staring at the baby Gurkhas, who their parents were looking after until its parents arrived. It was digging a hole. The nest was large, surrounded by big stones and full of greenery and ferns to make it comfortable inside. Theo couldn't think of a way to hide it. If the mappers found it, they were sure to think it was something strange and to make it an attraction, which would be terrible for the Crandudes. He tried to think quickly, looking around him. His eyes caught on the baby Gurkhas, and he had an idea. Hugo, the monster bounced onto his shoulder rather heavily. Ouch! Hugo, please can you go and get a verbondon or two as quickly as possible? They can dig a mound of dirt over the nest, so it looks like a hill. Hugo nodded, then disappeared into the forest. Hugo and Molly herded the crandudes away from their nest and into the middle of some very thick bushes, trying to make sure that they would keep quiet. They took the baby Gurkhas with them, and Molly gave him a packet of sweets from her bag, hoping they would keep him quiet for a while. Two Verbondans arrived soon after, and Theo explained what to do, and they got to work, digging. They were so strong that the ground swelled like water under their arms, and soon the nest was out of sight. Tricklemore, Theo said suddenly. Come on, Molly, let's go. They started across the woods again. The sun was beating down very strongly, and Theo wished they were just having an ice cream or playing with the water monsters in the stream. But this was urgent, very urgent. Do you think that it's good that they're making a map? Molly said as they hurried over roots and over the ground. I don't trust the Hestons, not one bit, Theo said, so I can't think that this would be a good thing if they are involved. I wonder what they're up to, Molly said thoughtfully. The next moment they ran into Mr Clamworth and Mrs Heston again. Theo could hardly believe their bad luck. Hello, he spoke this time with what he hoped was a convincing smile. Hope it's all going well. See you later. He ran at almost top speed and heard Molly behind him. Once they were out of earshot, he slowed down. Do you think they heard us? Molly said. I have no idea, Theo said, panting a little. Oh, but it's not good. Let's go and find Tricklemore. They passed another group of mappers on their way, but when they got to Tricklemore's bath, he was there, soaking in the mud that kept his skin moist and supple. Tricklemore! Phew! Theo said. Have you seen the mappers? He hadn't, but Theo and Molly quickly explained. You need to get out of here, Theo said. Maybe normally people wouldn't notice you, but they're looking really carefully. Where can I go? I can't dry out, Theo. Tricklemore looked at him and Theo started to think, but Molly interrupted. We've got a spare bath she said quickly, in a part of the house my parents don't usually go to, and they're out anyway. Would that work? Theo explained to Tricklemore, and he thanked Molly and accepted. 
Soon the girl was leading the giant textured monster through the woods as quietly as she could towards her house. Theo walked a little aimlessly now. All the monsters he could think of were hidden and he was impressed that as he walked through the trees he didn't see a glimpse of a nickstore, a polington or a tantruff anywhere. He almost felt peaceful again. But what were the Hestons doing? It seemed as if they were creating so many problems for the monsters. Why did Mrs Heston not speak to them, or at least scream when she saw them? It was all very strange. Just then, Matilda buzzed through the air. She looked stressed and worried. Theo, something is happening with the Bants, and the Mappers are going to get there really soon. You have to do something. Theo started to run in the direction that Matilda led him. Did you tell them to hide? he said, heart thudding. Of course I did, but one of the little ones is having a tantrum and squirting water in all different colours all over the clearing. Then the other little ones have joined in and the mummies are crying and the daddies are stomping. We can't stop them. We'll have to stop the mappers then, Theo thought out loud. I wonder how. They're this way, Matilda said. A few moments later, they paused in the trees, looking out at the people who were steadily moving towards the Bant's clearing. Theo's heart thudded. He reached for the remote control in his pocket, wondering if this was finally the time. And then he saw something. The people had several very large maps with precise drawings on them. In some ways, he longed to look at them and better understood the woods that he loved so much, but right now something else was on his mind. Matilda, can you distract them for a second? Matilda nodded and buzzed off ahead of them. When she made a noise and the adults looked, he ran out to the stump where the maps were lying, pretended to trip over a root and ripped them right down the middle. He didn't feel great about it, but maybe it would give the bants long enough to move. The adults all turned to look at him, in shock and in anger. Theo had thought he had annoyed Mr Clamworth before when he had stopped him from building the footpath, but it was nothing compared to this. His face was as red as a tomato. What? Mr Clamworth was almost hissing. Are you doing? Though Theo felt bad, he was also finding it hard to stop a grin from exploding on his face. It was all very bad, but it was all very silly too. And the bants were safe for now. I'm sorry, Mr Clamworth. Ow! Theo grabbed his knee. I fell over and the maps got ripped. I'm so sorry, I just wanted to have a look. Mr Clamworth looked as though he were about to explode, but Mrs Heston hurried over and placed a hand on his arm. See, Oliver, this is just the kind of thing that a proper footpath would prevent. This wood is full of surprises and dangers, don't you think, Theo? She was looking at him with a hard look. He felt something strange in his stomach. He knew then. He knew for sure that she knew about the monsters. He stood up. His leg did actually hurt. He had pretended to fall over a bit too enthusiastically. I'm so sorry, Mr Clamworth. 
He said this sincerely now. He didn't want to be annoying and he felt sad too that Mrs Heston was obviously using him for something. I think the woods are wonderful as they are. He was looking straight at Mrs Heston now. People enjoy them very much and they're not hurting anyone. People are happy and safe here. He glared. Not hurting anyone, you think? She looked pointedly at his knee. It was bleeding and it hurt a lot now. Theo, embarrassed, found tears streaming into his eyes. Just then there was another noise from the side of them. The adults all looked and Theo bolted into the trees, though not too far. He wanted to find out what they were doing next. The boy is gone, Mr Clamworth sounded confused. You sounded very strange. Do you think he's all right? I'd worry more about our map if I were you, Mrs Heston said. It's going to set us back. We'll have to go back over old ground. Let's get to it. Theo sat down under the tree and soon Matilda fluttered to him, saw his knee and said she was going to fetch Molly. Molly arrived soon. Matilda said the bants had finally settled down and the forest was as quiet as possible. Theo was finding it a little difficult to walk, but Molly took him to her house, which was closest. They visited Tricklemore in the bath, then ate cake and watched TV. Theo was waiting, waiting. He wanted the mappers out of the woods. He realised suddenly that part of him thought they were his woods. As the sky began to darken, there was a tap on the window. It was Matilda. They let her in. Something wonderful has happened, she spoke softly, and there was a sparkle in her eye. Theo, you've got to come. Theo's leg was feeling much better, and with Molly's help, he walked into the woods. Matilda wouldn't tell them what was happening, but kept bouncing up and down as she flew. You wait, you just wait, she kept saying, a bit annoyingly. They passed through the woods. Everything was quiet. The mappers were gone, but Theo wondered if all the monsters were still hiding. But very suddenly, all became very clear. They were by the Crandude's nest. And by the Crandude's nest stood two enormous monsters, their heads level with the top of the tallest trees. They had blue skin and straight green hair sticking out of it. They could only be the baby Gurkhas's parents. Theo's face split into a wide, wide grin. They were cuddling the baby Gurkhas and it was cooing. Seeing how big they were, Theo could suddenly understand why the baby had needed quite so much food. The two tall monsters saw him and Molly and crouched down so that their eyes were level. Thank you, Monster Hunter, for caring for our very, very precious baby. We never would have left if we knew it would hatch so soon. The Gurkhas reached out a hand, and Theo shook it solemnly, even though it was about half as tall as him. It wasn't only me. All the monsters helped. Every monster in the wood has fed and looked after your baby. The Gurkhas threw its head back and laughed, then smiled around at all the monsters. How wonderful, what a brilliant monster forest. Perhaps we will have to stay. Theo grinned, and then various monsters brought out food and drink, 
and the Glondils began to sing, and the monsters who never needed much encouragement to dance started, legs stomping and necks swaying and wings beating all around the clearing. And in the middle, the happiest dance of all, the baby Gurkhas held both its parents' hands tight as they swung round and round in a circle. Theo and Molly stayed and danced and laughed and ate until the sky was really quite dark and it was definitely time to go home. They said goodbye and left in different directions. Theo walked slowly. And very suddenly, Mrs Heston was in front of him. Her face was twisted in anger. It's disgusting, she said, almost spitting her words, seeing you with, with them. What do you even think you're doing? But I'm going to fix it. Oh yes, I'm going to get rid of every single one of them. No, you won't. Theo spoke solemnly. He wore his monster hunter uniform and he was glad of the extra height the hat gave him. I am their monster hunter and I will protect them. You, she snorted, you have no idea. She glared at him, then moved in closer and spoke at a whisper. Tonight, at midnight, a secret sale goes through. My husband and I will own this wood. And on Monday morning, the bulldozers arrive. That's what the maps are for. They're guides to destroying this place. And where will your precious monsters go then? Ha! She stomped her foot and stood up straight. They'll be gone, all gone. Goodbye, Theo the Monster Hunter. I'm sure you've got some homework to do. Theo couldn't speak. She stalked off into the woods. For a moment, he couldn't even move. Eventually, he walked slowly, slowly back through the woods and to his house. Maybe he should have talked to Matilda or to Molly, but he couldn't bear to. It all felt like much, much too much. The End Thanks for listening to The Story Forest. Subscribe to our podcast to make sure you're the first to hear our brand new stories every Thursday. Thank you.